Pastor Femi Molay. Let's thank God for the grace of the Lord upon his life. And he said something on Sunday. He said when he was coming to church, God asked him, What do you want? Ask me of one thing. It wasn't two things, so it wasn't as though he would ask for this and then he still had the opportunity to opportunity to ask for something else. But, but he said that all our prayers can be answered. And I just wanted to pray for one thing. Ask for one thing for the man of God from the bottom of your heart this evening. Ask for one thing for the man of God, for his son, from the very depth of your heart this evening. for your son. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Lord, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And Lord, we thank you for this evening. Lord, if all the cells in our bodies were tongues, they would not be enough to say thank you. If we start counting our blessings from now, Lord, we would never stop. Father, Lord, because you've been so good to us, you've been so faithful to us, you've been so kind to us. Be exalted forevermore in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for our Thrive session this evening that says more of you. Lord, we ask for more of you in our lives. Lord, in everything we do, oh Lord God, let your name be glorified. Let Jesus be seen in us. Let Jesus be seen in, in the works of our hands. Let Jesus be seen in our skills. Lord, in our actions, in our speech, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, our topic for today says um, more of God. And um, we remember that on Sunday... Um, pastor was saying that we should desire, you know, to do more for God rather than seeking more from him. You know, the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added unto you. Praise the Lord. So the open says, what supernatural experience did you witness or hear of that inspired you to want to do more for God? Or motivated you to want more of him. Would you please share? I'm sure we've all heard of some supernatural um, or divine encounters that um, some people have had. Or maybe something that happened to you yourself and you would like to share. Any hands up? 
Okay, there's a hand up. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. God saved me. He brought me out of Egypt and he promised never to leave me nor forsake me. That alone is enough for me. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, we are still thinking. Any other hand? Okay. Um, I remember, um, I always remember this, that pastor shared about the bloodline. How many of us remember that, um, um, that testimony about the bloodline? Somebody who was um, possessed of the enemy and quite a number of um, deliverance ministers were trying to, you know, cast out the um, evil spirits from this man. But then each time they tried, the man would charge at them. So pastor said when he, when he got there, because he needed to go away for one thing or the other, so he drew a bloodline and said that that demon-possessed guy could not cross that bloodline. And you know, when he came back, um, they gave him the testimony telling him that, you know, each time the guy charged at them, as soon as he reached that place that the line was drawn, it stopped. You know, that's a supernatural encounter. Don't you just, you know, when you hear such testimonies, don't they just motivate you? And you just want to do more for God. You just want to spend more time in his presence. Praise the Lord. You know, we are all or nothing people. Amen. Another one I remembered recently was the you priest. You priest, you know, somebody um, saw pastor a Korean and who couldn't speak English really well. I was like, oh, you know, his face was shining to him. And I was like, you must be a priest. There's something about you. Praise the Lord. So do, does anyone have any... Anyone that you've heard that you think, um, I remember, um, when I, when I was still young in the Lord and I was reading this book by, written by, um, Benny Hinn. So he was saying that when he just gave his life to Christ, he would lock himself up in the room and he would read the Bible for, you know, the whole day. He could be there for six hours, eight hours, 10 hours. You know, just with the Bible, with the Word of God, soaking in the Word of God. And then every time, you know, he did that and he stepped out of his room, you know, along the passage, the, the bulbs would just break, you know, would just shatter. And he knew it was the power of God. When I read that book, I said, oh, no, God, I want this power in the name of Jesus. And I would study the word of God and study the word of God. And then maybe I would spend like two or three hours studying the word of God. And then don't laugh at me. And then I would come out expecting the bulb to also break. <laughs> it didn't break. <laughs> there was one time it was like, it just dimmed. I was like, ah, let me that's Nepal. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Our God is a faithful God. There's more, more in, in him. So we should always desire to have more of God. And there's, there's, there's a testimony I want to share as well. And it happened this last fast as well. Every time we are fasting and we are coasting, you know. And I'm coasting and I'm not eating for a very long time. And then somebody comes and says, somebody who who is not a church member, maybe a parent at my um, children's school 
or a friend outside. And they come and say, your face is glowing. What cream are you using? I'm like, okay, it's the cream of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, you know, even this last fast, the first week we started the fast, you know, I got something similar to that as well. So there's actually more in God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We must never get tired of wanting more of him if we are to do more for him. Pastor said we should seek to do more for God. And the truth is there is always more in God. You know, um, every parent would know here that um, um, when you give a child candy, when you give a child chocolate, and they're always asking for more and more, and the child doesn't want to hear, oh, it's finished. That's the last thing they want to hear. They are so, you know, sad about it. I still have this particular picture of um, my son when we were young. And when, when he was really young and we traveled and we're taking pictures, he had a lollipop. But of course, his lollipop dropped to the floor and he couldn't have that lollipop again. We're going on a tour and um, he was just so angry. There was no more lollipop. We couldn't leave that place to go and look for lollipop. And in the pictures, my son was just like this. It just burned up completely. So today when he looks at it, it was about, I think it was about six or seven then. So we, we, we cherish that picture and then he says, oh no, mom, I think we should get rid of this picture. Then no, we are not going to get rid of it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So in God there is more. And um, our God is always willing to give us more. In God there is more. Praise the Lord. I remember another thing that happened. Um, we were all together watching TV, and um, there was this advertisement on the TV. I was there, my husband was there, Tani Tolua was there, and there was this advertisement on TV, and they were saying, oh, I don't know how many people know about the advert, oh, that you can only dream it, and you can have it, this one, and they showed all sorts of things, you know, they were attractive to the children, and my daughter just, you know, soliloquized and said under her breath, she said, oh. Dreams don't really happen, only if your parents let them happen. <laughs> so we had a good laugh. But in God, there is more. And in, our, in, in, in God, our dreams can come true. Amen. So we're going to read Ezekiel. Today's uh, scripture says, Ezekiel chapter 47, 1 to, 1 to 9. Let's read. In my vision, the man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There I saw a stream flowing east from beneath the door of the temple. And passing to the right of the altar on its south side. The man brought me outside the wall through the north gateway and led me around to the eastern entrance. There I could see the water flowing out through the south side of the east gateway. Measuring as it went, it took me along the stream for 1,750 feet and then led me across. The water was up to my ankles. He measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. This time, the water was up to my knees. After another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. Then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. He asked me, have you been watching, son of man? Then he led me back along the riverbank. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. Amen. 
there will be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its water will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Amen. Praise the Lord. So this is, this is an interactive session, and I will be happy for as many as possible to, um, to contribute when it's time to contribute. Um, number one question says, what does water symbolize in the Bible? What does it symbolize? Does anyone know? Does anyone know? What does water symbolize in the Bible? Okay, there's a hand there. Life. Who? Thank you. The Holy Spirit. Water symbolizes the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Now, number two, how many levels of depth can you recognize from this passage? And what are they? How many levels can you recognize and what are they? Okay, how many levels can you recognize? Who's ready to answer? Four. Thank you. Four. What are they? Um, the first one was how deep? Ankle deep. And the second one was knee deep. And the third one was waist deep. And the last one was overflowing. Praise the Lord. So do these levels mean anything to you? Does anyone want to say something? Do these levels mean anything to you? We know that um, um, water symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And then, um, do these levels mean anything to you? What do you think? Just try. Give it a go. Give it a go. Pastor Nina. Thank you. Amen. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I just think from the um, description and the narration, the ankle, the knee, the waist, um, the overflow, uh, when we're walking with God, we actually know the different levels we are at different stages. We know when we are shallow. We know when we need more infilling. And we also know when we have crossed over into the overflow. With God. Praise the Lord. Thank Hallelujah. you. Thank you. Can we clap for Pastor? Thank God. Um, yes. Um, you know when you're shallow, when you're deep, and then you know when you need to go deeper. You know when, when your, your feet are in the water and you are just ankle, um, and the water is just ankle deep. And... Um, you can still feel the grip, right? And you can still have a firm grip. So that is to say, God, I'm praying, oh, but in case this thing doesn't, you know, just work out, you know, um, I'm ready to just uh, dash out. You know, there's more faith in yourself than in what God can do through you. Praise the Lord. And then um, when you now kneel down, get on your knees, not on the floor, but in the water, right? 
it's not, you don't have as um, strong a grip as you would have if you were standing up. How many people agree with me? With your knee, yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, you don't have such firm, and then, then waist, and then when you're now completely submerged in the water, and then you know that you got to be able to swim, otherwise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, now um, applying it, how deep would you like to go? How deep? How deep? Pastor says that you are the general of your life. We are the generals of our own lives. How deep would you like to go? Sumbo, thank you. Overflow. Overflow. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many people don't want to go that deep? Let me see your hands up. If you don't want to go that deep. Yeah, we all want to go deep. And the truth is, the Bible says we should draw near unto God. And he will draw near unto us. Praise the Lord. Um, I remember when I was learning how to swim. That was just about three years ago. That was... Um, Sometimes in 2013, it's always best to learn all these things when you're really, when you're much younger. But you know, I, I believe that it's never too late to, to, to learn anything in life, learn a trade, do something new, you know, go back to school, finish your degree, you know, improve on yourself. So I said, okay, I was going to, you know, um, learn how to swim. I was just tired of um, just looking at the pool and wishing I could just swim, you know. So I took it all up. And um, when I started, and my instructor would tell me that I should just relax and float. I'm like, relax what? And then I'll be so stiff. I'll be so stiff and I'll be, you know, sinking. And... But after um, a number of classes, it was just so easy. Just get into the water and, you know, look up and let go of everything and then you could float you wouldn't have to but the moment you start to panic and you know then you won't be able to walk on water anymore praise the lord <laughs> hallelujah so 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 that's just like um that's 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 like the experience of you know when we are completely submerged in the power of god when we are completely under the shadow of his wings you know and um, we'll do exploits, exploits for him. And the truth is, like Pastor always says, that there is more in God. There is always more in God. How do we get more of him? Now, this list is not um, um, 100% um, exhaustive, but um, um, we're going to try. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, come close to God. And God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. So we are, we are thankful. And pastor says something that on Sunday, there's no limit in God. The limit is usually on us and not on God. You know, if only we could just, you know, get rid of all the distractions, distractions of social media or Facebook. You know, this, this WhatsApp is just something else. And if you are not careful, it can take two or three hours of your time on a regular basis every day, you know. So if only we could just um, spend that particular time 
you know, studying the word, hearing the word, listening to the word, listening to messages. And um, even the sky will not be our limits in the name of Jesus. Pastor says, you are the general of your own life. And I completely concur. Let's look at the following scriptures together and try to decipher what in these scriptures can enable us to get more of him so we can do more for him. Um, now, we're going to read the scriptures and you're going to give me one word, you know, of what you think I'm trying to emphasize. Psalm 119 verse 105. Hebrews 4.12. Your, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. And Hebrews 4 talks about the word of God being quick. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. So here, I'm talking about what? Thank you, the word of God. So now we are filling in the gap. It says his word must have the finality in our lives, not the traditions of men, not, not our culture, not our opinions. How? How can we let the word of God have the finality in our lives? How can we give the word of God priority in our lives? Okay, there's a hand there, Tega. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, simply by following uh, God's standards, not what the word says, but God's standards. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Simply by following God's standards. Thank you. Any other person? Okay, there's another hand here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, the Bible speaking in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 18. It said, but we are with open face beholding as in the glass the glory of the Lord. And we, we are changed, changed into the same image from glory, from glory to, to glory. glory. And in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 8, the Bible speaking, this book of the law shall not depart from thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate on it day and night and observe to do all that is written therein. And by so doing, your way shall be prosperous and you shall have good sources. So we can allow the word of God to have access in our lives when we are rooted and grounded in the word. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes. Um, he has said a lot by reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God. Okay, there's another hand here. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's a song we usually sing that whose report are we going to believe? Is it the report of the Lord or whatever our doctor tells us or what the economy is saying? So by after we are grounded in the word of God, we need to constantly proclaim and declare the word of God concerning the institution we're going through, like this economy recession. We need to really keep proclaiming the word of God to say that when there is a casting down for us, there will be a lifting up. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Because when you have so much of the word of God in you, then whatever happens, you know, that is what you'll be able to draw from, you know. Even in your sleep, when you're, when you're, when you're dreaming and it's like there's some kind of supernatural, you know, there's a kind of warfare going on. Even in your dream, that word of God will come alive, you know, anywhere um, and if we are grounded. And I want to encourage you because um, when I, I, I did the journey, pastor really expounded on these things, you know. And I think anyone that has not done the journey should do it. You know, talking about um, meditation, you know, reading it, confessing it, acting on the word, you know. All these things will help you to really be grounded in the word of God. So you read it, you listen to it, right? You hear messages, bypassed messages. Sometimes, um, sometimes you don't get some things until you listen to the message second or a third time, you know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that's the word of God. That is very crucial. Number two, John 8, 1. John 8, 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. Now, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. And then in the morning, verse 2 says that then he, you know, came down and ministered to the people. Luke 18, 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So what's the word there? Prayer. Praise the Lord. A lot has been said on prayer. Now in John 8, 1, it, it was just customary for Jesus to pray all night, get more of God. You know, he would pray all night, get more of God, and come down and do more for God. Praise the Lord. So we are writing now, the place of prayer is a place of revelation. The place of prayer is a place of revelation. Um, you know, I, I believe that um, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, you can't... You know, for so many things, so a lot have been said about prayer, so that's not the main thing. But this one, you can't do without your prayer life as a child of God. He said he will give us treasures hidden in secret places. If we don't spend time in his presence, how will he open our eyes to those hidden treasures? Praise the Lord. You think it's, it's just by jumping from one place to the other, calling one senator, or calling one this one, or I know this one and this one. Praise the Lord. A lot of people have, have made it just knowing, knowing Christ alone. Why do you think that the Jews have 18, 18 Nobel Prizes? You know, Because God has blessed them. Praise the Lord. Please share a time when prayer saved you a lot of time. When we are too busy to pray, it means we are too busy walking outside of his will. You know, um, I, it's always my preference to, to spend time in God's presence on a daily basis, every day. But, and I've learned that times when I'm rushing out of the house and I've not prayed, then I say to myself, let me do something is not right. God may have told you to do that thing, right? And it's God's will for you. But have you asked him how? You know, a lot of things, I would confess this night, a lot of things have occurred to me in the place of prayer. I was reading something about um, this, um, I can't remember his name, a very um, rich and famous guy in the U.S. And he was saying that 
I can't remember what percentage was, maybe 75, maybe 90% or something of all his ideas came to him. He's a Christian. All his ideas came to him in the place of meditation. Praise the Lord. So prayer is very, very key. Do you have something similar that you would like to, to share that? But for the fact that, you know, I was praying and this thing occurred to me while I was praying, it would otherwise never have occurred to me. Okay, we have a hand there. Thank you. But, okay, something happened last week. I was kind of stranded. In the midst of it, I didn't know what to do, whether to use my ATM because it was not working and all of that. So, I just, inside of me, I just said, Father, I need a miracle. And right there, a guy that was supposed to get into the bus just gave me money and said, go and pay for it. And to me, it was like, ooh, I just prayed and God answered immediately. So, prayer is awesome. Many times it has saved me a lot. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Okay, so we, we'll move on. Any other person wants to share? Okay, we'll move on. Number three, Mark 16, 15 to 18. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. This miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Praise the Lord. Okay, Second uh, Timothy 4 to says, be, um, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. So what am I talking about here? Evangelism. Thank you. Get used to sharing the gospel. Always. When was the last time you shared the good news with someone? Can you share or do you, does anybody here have a particular strategy, you know, that you use in sharing the good news? Do you want to share your strategy with us so that everybody can learn? You know, we all learn from one another. Thank you. We have a hand in the choir. Thank you. Good. Hallelujah. Uh, for me, um, what I actually use is um, our... Um, when we have programs, our they, invites. Yes, our invites. Okay, I give out to everybody in the bus because I do take buses. Then I give out to everybody in the bus. Then people sitting by me, I'll ask them, um, "Sorry, do you understand what is here?" You know, some of them are like, "No, I just know it's a direction for me to be somewhere." You know, and then I start explaining. You know, do you know? Have you heard of this church? Have you been there before? Uh, are you chance? Some of them will tell me, oh, no, I, I work on Sundays. I'm like, oh, in my church, we have Saturday services, you know. And for that, I've seen three people I've spoken to in the bus that actually came, and I didn't know them. It was after Praise service on a Saturday, they came to me. I'm like, you spoke to me in the bus, you know. Mm. So that way, I don't really, um, I don't really, like, start preaching in the bus and, you know, and all that. But with that, that has actually helped me to win souls to Christ. Thank you. And That's then, a strategy. Thank you. That makes two of us. I use that strategy as well. You know, I have the invites. And then I give it to somebody. And they look at it. Oh, what's it all about? So we tell, I tell, I, you know, I tell them. We start talking about that. Then from there, we move to, you know, it's... Um, it's such an interesting thing to have a relationship with Jesus, blah, blah, blah. And then we go on. Does any other person have another strategy that they would like to share with us? We want to learn. 
We want to learn how do you share the gospel? How do you evangelize? Okay, there's another hand. Tega, thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, um, for me, most of the time, it's uh, not that I intended to, to preach, but conversations lead to me talking about God. Because if, the, if what the person is talking about doesn't go with, I mean, the way I live my life, then, I, of course, I have to tell you, this is how I do it, because this is how God wants it to be. And also, from there, I share my thoughts, and then I try to convince. Then I have um, a couple of people that I, I train on my instrument. So while I teach you how to play, I'm infusing the word of God in it. So Hallelujah. It. Praise the Lord. That reminds me, I remember when we were in Indonesia, a group of women. Now, there's, there's this lady that she makes cards. She's very gifted, so, you know, handcraft and things like that. So she will invite women to come and learn card making. And the process evangelize, you know, share the gospel with them. Praise the Lord. So a lot of strategies. I'm going to share with you something um, um, that happened in April when I was traveling. And um, usually when I'm, I'm traveling and someone is sitting beside me in the plane, I always like to you know, share the gospel with them. I'll give them some time to settle down. You know, when they are sitting down, I'll smile, greet them. Please, um, uh, we must be very nice when we want to share the gospel. It's not like you are burning all throughout, you are burning all throughout. And I want to share the gospel so that you don't get a slap. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, I, I, I just remember them, one, one video that I saw on WhatsApp. The girl was in the in the bus, I, I'm sure a lot of people saw that video. And she was just eating, eating a banana, eating everything she had, bringing it out one by one, one after the other. And after she finished eating, she now thought it was now time to share the gospel with those people in the bus. So I said, ah, when you were eating the food, you did not share. Now you want to share the gospel. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, so um, on that particular flight, so after a while and... Um, I just, you know, started to, decided to chat up um, this guy sitting beside me just because I, I wanted the conversation. I always pray that, Lord, please let this conversation lead, you know, to the sharing of the gospel. So because I wanted the conversation to end in me sharing the good news with him. So we started this conversation. Oh, where, 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 where's your destination? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, same destination. And this guy now started and said... Okay, that particular one I used, I'd never used it before. So it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very dynamic. So he now said, oh, that's really nice. So which means you're going to be there in this city this weekend. I said, yes. So he said, oh, wow, that's nice. There's a particular dinner I would like to invite you to. So in my mind, I said, mm-hmm. this man has entered into my trap. So I let him finish the invitation about the dinner. I said, oh, wow, that's interesting. But you know that. There's a better dinner that I want to invite you to. This dinner, in fact, you must not miss it for anything. Hey, really? It was very keen. Ah, I said it's the uh, marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, Revelations chapter 19. <laughs> so that was how, you know, we got talking. And you have to know Jesus. You have to be born again, you know, before you can be a partaker, you know, in the marriage supper of the Lamb. So it, it was very sober. And believe you me. The rest of the conversation was very holy. Praise the Lord. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. So if, if you actually ask the Holy Spirit, he's, full, he's very dynamic and he gives you a lot of ideas and um, he will help you. Amen. Sometimes all you need to just get going is just to open your mouth. Just open your mouth. I remember when I was in UI and um, I was going home weekend. Um, my mom was in Ibadan then for one reason or the other. So I was going to meet her in town and um, I entered a um, bus. And you know, Ibadan, a lot of people in Ibadan speak Yoruba and I didn't think I was comfortable enough sharing the gospel in Yoruba language. I was in UI then. So, and the Holy Spirit asked me to share the gospel in the bus. And I said, ah, there's no will. I looked around. You know, some women were just returning from the markets, and I, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can share the gospel really well in Yoruba language. But you know what? Um, I struggled with it. But I didn't want something that I would regret later, you know, when I'm praying, and you know what, the enemy will come, hey, you say you love God. This God has said you should share the gospel. You know what the taunting of the enemy and because of the love of God. So I opened my mouth in Yoruba and I shared the gospel. Honestly, by the time I was done sharing the gospel and I could see not one, not two, not three, not four of them. They were crying, you know, and quite a number of them gave their lives to Christ. Amen. If you tell me to, to share the gospel in Yoruba today, I, I can't do it too. <laughs> but you know, the Holy Spirit always gives enablement. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. So what am I talking about here? Help. Service. Serving. Praise the Lord. Okay, so the word there is service. The gifts of the Spirit are not for personal aggrandizement. They are not for you to oppress. They are not for you to bring them out anytime you feel like. And they are for service. Praise the Lord. And the thing is, when God gives you a gift, First Peter 4.10 also says, um, use whatever gift that you've been given to serve. So but I tell you, that when, when, when God gives you a gift, he expects you to use it, you know, for the glory of his name. You should use it to serve him. Um, otherwise, you just discover that you are not growing in that gift. The Bible says we should grow in grace. We should grow in grace. Praise the Lord. Psalm number five, Psalm 133, one to three. Um, talks about, um, okay, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. That ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Praise the Lord. So he says, when brothers dwell together in unity, right? There the Lord has pronounced his blessing. Proverbs 22 um, Verses 24 to 25, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Okay, that's it. Praise the Lord. Okay, then Proverbs 27, 17 talks about 
um, iron sharpening, um, iron sharpening, iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of another. So, what do you think I'm talking about here? Fellowshipping, thank you. Fellowshipping together. So, so, kindly fill in the gap with companionship, fellowshipping, companionship and fellowshipping together. Praise the Lord. It's just so, if you, if you come to church on a regular basis, and then all you come to do is you come for, for um, Wednesday Thrive Session, you sit down, praise God, I've been blessed today, you come on Sunday, maybe you walk in, um, after praise and worship has started, or just before Pastor um, starts um, his message, and then you sit at the very back, and you're like, oh, praise God, you're missing out on a whole lot. You're missing out on a whole lot, because I've discovered that we form our closest bond when it comes to friendship in church, in the house of God, right? Even um, Proverbs talks about a friend who is closer than a sister, closer than a brother. And you know, when I look at um, first touch and, sorry, I have to use first touch. (laughs) When I look at first touch, I'm very, very, very thankful for everyone, so, so, something happened a few months ago, and I just needed to call on some people to help me pray so that we could pray together. And they were the first I thought of, and I just, you know, a, a couple of people, I just sent them this request, please can you join me in prayers, you know? It's just so sweet that, you know, you have people that you can call upon at any time, pray with me, join me in prayer. I was talking to somebody in the choir two days ago, and the way she was just talking about uh, the choir, you, you could see the glitters, you know, she was smiling, she was, it was obvious that, it's obvious that she's having a nice time in the choir, so if I say it's happening alone in first touch, I'm deceiving myself actually. But a lot of departments in, in, in church, you know, th- that, that bond is there. You know, that sisterly love is there. So if you're here, you're just a church woman. You're missing out, oh. You're really, really missing out. So you better um, find um, a department to join today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say some associations are not sinful, but they can keep you on the same level. Pastor says you are the average of the three people you spend most of your time with. Praise the Lord. I remember when I was in you, I had this friend. She was very close to me. Um, she was an only child. The, die, the, the, the dad died when she was very young. And um, she grew up with her mom. The mom refused to remarry. And so she was used to getting all the attention, all the attention. And so she was my very close friend. So every time she just wanted my attention. So anytime um, Bukit told me, Lamide, I need to see you. I think we need to talk. I'm like, hey, what is it again? What have I done? You know, so anytime, you know, it, it felt as though I was getting close to another person or I was giving some information to another person that I had not even given her. It was trouble. You know, so it got to a point I was like, ah. I don't like this kind of friendship. And I just had to completely cut myself. It was, it was difficult, but I just had to make that decision. that I don't want a kind, of, a kind of friendship that if you take a step, you are worried. You know, if you say something, you are worried. She's not going to like it. Will she like it? 
So, so some, some associations are not sinful, but they will keep you on the same level. And you just have to cut yourself off. Praise the Lord. Um, iron sharpens iron. A man sharpens the countenance of another. There are some people that you are just in their presence and, you know, by the time you are leaving um, their presence, you just want to spend more time in God's presence. They've encouraged you. Like Pastor always says, you are fired up. Praise the Lord. You are completely fired up. Number six, First Samuel fifteen twenty-two. Um, but Samuel replied, "What is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to His voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice." So, what am I talking about here? Thank you, obedience. If Saul, if Saul hadn't disobeyed God, you know his dynasty would have been really, really great. It would have been the king of Israel for so many. For so many years, his son Jonathan would probably have, you know, taken over from him. But, um, you know, um, he, he, he ate the sour grape and his children's teeth were set on edge. So let's fill in the gap. Obedience. Saul's disobedience impacted negatively on his destiny. Because of the sour grapes he ate, his children's teeth were set on the edge. James 4, 7. So humble yourselves under God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And, um, yeah, here, what am I talking about? Humility, thank you, or submission. Even though it may not be palatable. Remember David. David, um, submission, basically. Um, David committed adultery and his son resulted from it. And the son was sick, and God said it was good. That, that child was going to die. And David prayed and prayed and prayed to God. But um, eventually, the child died. But as soon as, you know, when, when, when the child was sick, David wouldn't eat. And as soon as the child died, he moved on. He stepped up, you know, dust, dusted everything off and moved on. He accepted the will of God, even though he was not palatable. And at the end of the day, that union, David's union with Bathsheba, produced King Solomon. I can, I, I can still recall the first time I was reading through the Bible, you know, and I read that. I said, ah, ah, God, that's not fair. What about Abigail? Why, why didn't you choose Abigail's son? Abigail was, you know, a virtuous woman. Ah, ah, this Bathsheba that committed adultery, why did you choose his son? But, you know, nobody knows whether that experience actually changed Bathsheba. We don't actually know what happened to Bathsheba, what happened to our relationship, you know, with God afterwards. So submission, just accept the will of the Lord and move on. Don't, don't hold a pity party. Number eight, Psalm 126, verse 5 to 6. We have read those um, verses severally. And what do you think I'm talking about here? Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed but they sing as they return with the harvest. What is it that you need to harvest? You need it to harvest. What is it? Seeds. Mm-hmm. Then there's something else. GFA tree. Praise the Lord. It's joy. Joy of the Lord. Always rejoice. You know, you need it for plentiful harvest. Rejoice always. I'm not going to go into that. Um, Luke 17, 12, and 16. That's the story of the ten lepers. And what am I talking about here? 
Gratitude. Thank you. One of our punches. If you missed um, those series, the fight series, buy the, the CD and listen to them. You know, Pastor really expounded on, on gratitude. You, you are grateful to God and then you get more, you know. Number 10, Isaiah 40, 40, Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Another um, version says, but those who wait upon the Lord. So what am I talking about here? Pardon? I can't hear. Fasting and praying. Okay, praise the Lord. So it says, thank you. So most times we say waiting upon the Lord. Yeah, we, we 100% assume that it has to be fasting. But you know that sometimes you, you don't have to fast to wait upon the Lord. Imagine um, you are in a restaurant. What is, the, what is the job of a waiter? Imagine you are in a restaurant and God is seated by the table and you are the waiter. What are you going to do for the most high to give you a big tip? I was reading um, uh, the story of um, one waiter that got um, $500 uh, tip in the U.S. That was um, um, a very handsome tip. You know, so waiting upon God. Praise the Lord. So imagine you are a waiter. What are you going to do to earn a big tip from the Lord? Hmm? Somebody, can, can, they, can you pass the mic to them? Thank you. To um, be in a cheerful mood, like, what can I do for you, sir? Do you still need something else? You know, something like that. Praise the Lord. Thank you. What can I do for you, sir? Do you still need something else? You know, you're, you're, you're playing the trumpet. You're playing with skills. You're singing. You're singing with skills. You're welcoming visitors. You're welcoming skillfully. You're doing your best. You think um, God will not be happy to give you um, a handsome tip, you know? Praise the Lord. So let us learn to consistently wait upon God. God, what do you want? What do you want for your first course this morning? Is it worship? For how long do you want to eat the first course? Is it for 30 minutes? Is it for one hour? What do you now want for the main meal? You know? And then the appetizer. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Number 12, 2 Timothy 2, 1. What does that say? Oh, I'm sorry. You're following. Okay. Hebrews 12, 14. What does that say? Hebrews 12, 14. Without holiness, it is impossible to please God. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God. Wash your hands and purify your hearts. You know, and then Romans 6, 1 says, shall we keep on sinning so that grace can abound? And it said, God forbid. Everybody say, God forbid. God forbid. Amen. Isaiah 59 says, The arm of the Lord is not too short to save, but your sins and iniquity have separated you from the Lord. So I go back to Hebrews 12, 14. Without holiness, it is impossible to please God. What am I talking about? Holiness, praise the Lord. We thank God that Christ was crucified. He died for us on the cross of Calvary. And each time we come into the presence of God, you know, what is this is... 
is the righteousness of Christ. Praise the Lord. What is this on us is the righteousness. There's really nothing, you know, there's really nothing we can do that um, no matter how holy we are, we, we still don't deserve it, you know, but we should just still, still try our best, you know, to please him. Without holiness, no man can see God. Praise the Lord. Number 12, 2 Timothy 2, 1. It says to be strong in grace. Be strong in grace of the Lord Jesus. Reliance on grace. Thank you. If you feel you must always deserve or earn what comes to you, then you are not fully harnessing all that this grace has in store for you. You know, grace is not fair. Favor is not fair. But God has decided to grace us. He has decided to favor us. And we are God's favorite. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are God's favorite children. Grace is not fair. Favor is not fair. And um, we thank God because we'll take hold of everything that he has given us. Okay. Some benefits of seeking him, seeking more of him. This list also isn't exhaustive. Perhaps we can mention more. You know, but the benefits are humongous. When you're on a journey, imagine you want to go to Disney World. Children want to go to Disney World. You want to go to Disney World. And you look forward to it. In fact, one or two days before, you may not even be able to sleep because you are so excited. But you know, it's not everybody that enjoys being in the plane. Sometimes you're in the plane and you're like, oh, I can't just wait, you know. But when you, when you seek more of God, as Christians, we are on a journey. Our final destination is, is heaven. But when you, seek, when, you, when you seek more of God, you spend more time in his presence. You can enjoy life while here on earth. And you get to heaven and you still enjoy it. Praise the Lord. So you live fully here on earth and you are assured of eternity. Life for us as children of God is a journey. Our destination is heaven. You can enjoy the journey while on your way to your destination. Without car sickness. Praise the Lord. The first time I heard about car sickness was when I was in Indonesia. And, and, and this child was crying. Oh, mom, I always have car sickness. And I was wondering, what is car sickness? You know, anytime they're in the car and they get to corners or the roads are small, starts to throw up in the car and all those things. But tell your neighbor, you don't have to have car sickness. Amen. We're going to live fully here on the face of the earth. And we're going to enjoy heaven. We're going to have the best of both. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You see, it's not everybody that is successful that is happy. That's why some people have success and they are still into drugs. They are still into this. Because there's this, still this longing in them that is not yet filled, is not satisfied. And until they find the, the, the Jesus, thank you, before that longing can actually be fulfilled. Some of them are really, really rich, but they don't have good relationships with their family members. Some of them, there's no peace, there's no joy. You know, but, but, but we thank God because in Christ, we are complete. Hallelujah. Can you say, I am complete in Christ Jesus? Amen. So, fruits of the Spirit, some of the benefits of seeking Him more. Love, joy, peace, kindness, patience. You know, number two is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And this gift is for service. I remember something that happened many years ago. I think um, my daughter, Tani Toluwa, was six years then. No, she's 11 now. 11 took away for that seven. 
That was when Barack Obama was going to be re-elected. And so she had a dream that, Barack, um, that Obama won the election. So I went to her I said, ah, Tanto, we must really thank God for this gift that God has um, given you. And she said, gift? Where's the gift? I said, ah, you had a dream and it came to pass. That's the gift. She said, no, let me tell God what exactly I want. I want a Barbie doll. I want a doll house. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So I had to sit her down and explain to her the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are much more valuable than baby dolls and a doll house. Praise the Lord. All your battles will become his. You will only stand. You will only need to stand and watch. Like Jehoshaphat when the Moabites and Ammonites wanted to attack Israel. And what did he do? He got people and what he did was foolishness. But that, some people would say, oh, that was foolishness. They were singing, worshiping, and praising God. And God fought the battle on their behalf. They did not need to raise their hand. Praise the Lord. Number four, you won't miss opportunities when they come because you will always be led by the Spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, those who are led by the Holy Spirit are the sons of God. Number five, you will know your divine purpose and you'll be able to walk in your destiny in Christ Jesus. The Lord will fulfill... Psalm 138 verse 8 says, The Lord will fulfill his purpose consigning me. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For he knows um, the thoughts he has towards us. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring us to an expected and to give us a hope and a future. Number six, God will be glorified always. Always he will be glorified if you seek more of him every time. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse um, 7 talks about, But we have this treasure in, uh, in clays of jar, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of man. You know, God will be glorified always. People will see you and they will know that it just has to be God. It can't be man. Because they will see the supernatural at work in your life. In the name of Jesus. Amen. There are many other benefits. Many other benefits of seeking to know God more. So can you think of other benefits? Can you think of other benefits? Thank you, Pastor Nina. It gives you peace. Peace Thank of you. God. That pass it all understanding. All understanding. Yeah. Thank you. Any other benefits? Peace of God. Thank you. Please. There's a hand. Thank you. Good evening, church. Good evening. Protection. Protection. I remember when my mother died and we're, I used to live in the UK then and we're coming back for the um, first year memorial. I think I was studying one of the books of the Bible and in, in, in that particular book, the gentleman wanted to go back to Jerusalem and he asked um, the people who were going back with him to fast for three days. So I turned to my wife, I said, let's fast for three days before we go to Nigeria. We came to Nigeria, we had a brilliant trip. We went back. But on the day that we left, the plane we were in, a British Airways flight, did not um, take off as scheduled. It spent about four or five hours on the ground. It was that delayed for that long before we finally took off. While we were waiting, a gentleman got up, couldn't stand the wait, and he left. And I turned to my wife and said, for me, sometimes these delays might be God's way of protecting us. Um, a day, when we got back to London, I got a call from my father. On the very day we left, armed robbers came to the house asking for me by name. Now, when I prayed that prayer, I prayed it for myself and for all my brothers and sisters. My sister was in the house. 
They knocked on the door. She didn't hear. They couldn't access the section of the house where she was in, so they were frustrated. Um, eventually, they were chased by the dogs, and they left two guns behind. And that was a benefit of um, being close to God, divine so protection. Praise the Lord. Let's thank God for that. Pr Father, we thank you. Yeah. Any other benefits? Any other benefits? Thank you. There's a hand here. Any other hand? No, right in front. Mm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The benefits are instruction, teaching, and guidance. Because the Bible speaking in Psalm 32 from verse 8. He said, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I'll guide thee with my eyes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Any other? Shagun. Okay, and there's one more hand here. Any other? Okay. Okay, I think. You will be perfect. And anything you'll be doing will be perfect. And all things that you'll be doing will be good. You'll just be in a good side. Amen. Praise the Lord. When the beauty of the Lord rests upon everything you do, nobody will see the errors. It will work out, you know, at the end of the day for our good. Praise the Lord. Okay. Praise God. Okay, one of the benefits of seeking more of God is things get clearer. You know, you get better understanding. And then things get easier too. So there, there will be a particular process in your work with God that you struggled. I, for example, I, I used to struggle with um, coasting. But then over time, it becomes easier with the grace of God. So when you work with God and you seek more. So mm. I moved from breaking from six to coasting. So, I mean, it becomes mm. easier. Praise the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, that's, okay, we take the last term. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Gives you joy. Mm. Joy and peace of mind. Um, whatsoever thing you are passing through, no, it gives you peace of mind. Gives you joy of heart. Thank you. Yeah, whatsoever you're passing through. People can't see it on your face. You know, the joy of the Lord will just overshadow it. Praise the Lord. So it's time to commit. Let's commit. Let's write. Um, after that, we can take questions if there are questions. Um, I thank you, Lord, for keeping me this far. Let's say it together. I thank you, Lord, for keeping me this far. It just means there is more I can do for you. Okay, let's read it together since it's on the screen. Let's start again. I thank you, Lord, for keeping me this far. It just means there's more I can do for you. I commit not to limit your workings in my life, to seek more of you and do more for you. So your name alone will be glorified. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Take it up,